And so we're starting a series called Sharing is Caring. Now, in my life, uh, I know the impact of Jesus is profound. And there's something important about me sharing what God has done in my life. And I want to equally tell you there's something important about you sharing what God has done in your life. Now, here's what I know today, that some of us in the room, some of us who are watching right now, maybe have not acknowledged or don't recognize yet where God is making impacts or has impacted you. But I want you to know that God is alive and well and he is moving in your midst. Today we're going to really focus on talking about how we can introduce this good news of Jesus to other people. I'm going to use a passage, a story. This is a real life account of Jesus in his ministry and he comes in contact with a guy who's blind. In John chapter 9, verse 1, says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. How long had the man been blind? His entire life, okay? Rabbi, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Hey, listen, can I, can I just stop for a second? And can I tell you this shows how normal it is when you ask the question, why is something going wrong? And sometimes our question is, is it because of someone else? And sometimes we ask the question, did God do it? I love what Jesus says. It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Me, we must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. I love this depiction of Jesus stopping for the one to share something profound And what it also does is it begins to tell us the story of humanity that every one of us has been born with a blindness. That it's not a consequence to anything you did. You were born into humanity that is wallowing and struggling in sin. We all have a blindness. We've all experienced the pains of this blindness. No matter where we sit in our understanding of who God is, we've all experienced the pain of blindness. If you've been hurt in life, if you've hurt somebody in life, welcome to humanity. And verse 5 says, but while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. This is the grossest thing I have ever heard when I'm about to read. Maybe you've heard this story. It says, then he spit on the ground, made mud with his saliva. 
I'm good right there, Jesus. Like, no, I'll go ahead and be blind. Like, I'm just telling you, like, this is my, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like asking my friends, what's he doing? I just heard him, like, clear his throat and spit. <laughs> I, I'm good, Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes the way that Jesus wants to work in our life, we have an adverse reaction to. And we would rather stay blind and tell him we're good, Jesus. I know you have good news, but I'm good. He spread the mud over the blind man's eyes and he told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Shalom, which means scent. So the man went and washed and he came back seeing his neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other isn't this the man who used to sit and beg when God does a work in your life you will be a different person and there is a moment that you may have to endure when people say, wait a minute, this can't be because you are. You're the blind, you look like him, you just don't, you don't act like him. Part of the good news of what Jesus does is he makes old things new. He takes those old habits that maybe you walked in here with today he breaks the back of the enemy's work in our life and he creates a new habit in our life. So some said he was this man and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I'm the same one. He's like, dude, I'm the guy. I'm him. Like, just got a little mud in my spit mud, but I'm him. I'm him. Notice, though, in the scripture, at this point, the blind man, everything he says has an exclamation point after it. We like to read Bible like this, but the beggar kept saying, yes, I am. I am the same one. <laughs> that is not what this says. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're pretty exuberant there, guy. Someone just spit in your eye. But something's changed. So they get, they, they, like, of course, they're like, who healed you? What happened? And he told them. The man they called Jesus made mud. spread it over my eyes. And he told me, go to wash in the pool of Shalom. So I went and I washed. And now I can see. Exclamation point. <laughs> I went and washed. And now I can see. Man, have you ever had something good happen to you? You're like losing your mind. Like you get that good news and you're in the car driving. You're like freaking out. Like pull the car over, jump out of the car, run around the car 20 times screaming. People think you're going crazy, but you're like exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation. That is how good, listen, that is how good it is. When Jesus moves in our midst and changes us. 
ho-hum. So I'm going to fast forward. The blind man's neighbors, they take him to the religious rulers and they, religious rulers ask him what happened. He tells them what happened. He's like, listen, I was blind, now I can see. And they're like, who did this? And of course, they're after Jesus. They don't like Jesus. Listen, the religious rulers were okay with the construct of God, but they were not okay with the construct of Jesus being the son of God. Can I tell you that not much has changed in society? Listen, people will talk about God, but everything changes when you start talking about Jesus. Do you believe there's a God? Well, yeah, I mean, someone had to make this giant mud ball. This is what I hear from people sometimes. Now, everything changes when I go, do you believe in Jesus? Well, like, what part of Jesus? Well, Jesus was a real man. You can look back in history, historical evidence, Jesus was a real man. Well, I mean, Jesus was a real man. Do you believe he was the son of God? Do you believe that they're still searching for his body because the tomb is still empty? (laughs) So these guys refuse to believe the blind man. So they do what's logical. They go to his parents. (laughs) And his parents, they're a little bit skeptical of saying anything to the religious rulers about Jesus because it's kind of sketchy. So they're like, hey, he's old enough. You ask him and you deal with him. So they go back to the blind man who can now see and they say it to, they ask him again. This dude's like, bro. Verse 24, so for the second time, you know how many times I got questioned about when God moved in my life? I could tell you more than two. For the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this. We acknowledge God. We acknowledge that he should have the light. We should shine the light on God. Listen to their next statement. Listen, fam. We know we should get, God should get the glory for this because we know that this man, Jesus, is what? A sinner. Acknowledge God, denounce Jesus. Verse 25. I love his response. I don't know whether he's a sinner, but he's like, I know this. That's what he said, but I know this. I was blind. And now, I I can see. (laughs) Exclamation point. Hey, like the man who was blind, we all have a story attached to our life that at some point, God has the opportunity to be seen in. Every one of us. but what is it that we're actually sharing with people? Today, we're gonna talk about very quickly three simple things, okay? And this is important. We're starting a series. I'm gonna lay some groundwork. So this is gonna be very fundamental. I want us to have a firm understanding of what it is that we're sharing. So we're gonna define what the gospel is. What is this word? What does it mean? I guarantee you, you don't use this word every day in your normal vernacular language. 
What is the gospel? How does your story relate to that gospel? And then finally, let's just acknowledge and talk about the objections and the obstacles keeping us from sharing this gospel. If you're ready this morning, turn to somebody next to you and say, buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> turn, to, turn, turn to someone else and say, buckle up, buttercup. You're like, I didn't know I was a buttercup. <laughs> hey, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Okay, Philippians 1.3. I read this last week. I'm going to read it again. Every time I think of you, this is this guy Paul writing this letter to his friends. Paul's a great example of a dude who just cared, and so he shared God with other people. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news. That word is gospel. In this translation, it says good news. In other translations, it says gospel. About Christ from the time you first heard it until now. I want to I I stop from the time you first heard it. I want you to know immediately that there is no gap between the time that you experience the gospel in your life and the time that you start sharing it. We have an information, educational, doctorate, degree issue in America. To contextualize what I just said, this is what I mean. You do not need a four-year degree, a master's in divinity, and a doctorate from seminary to tell someone about the good news of Jesus in your life. But you do need to know what the gospel is, okay? He said, I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now, let me define gospel. It's got three different words. All of them we get the same English word from, okay? The first word is evangelizo. What does that word sound like? Evangelize. It's where we get the word evangelize from. This is good news. It means good news or glad, or glad tidings. So in other scriptures, like the angels showed up on Jesus' birth and the angels said to the shepherds, good tidings. Like good news. He's like, gospel. Jesus is coming to earth. Emmanuel, God with us. This is good. Why? Because we were alone and now we're not. <laughs> good news. It's the, now listen, this word gospel is the necessity of having faith in Christ. There are lots of things we could preach as gospel, but none of them like this gospel that says there's a necessity for you and I to have faith in Jesus Christ. The second way I would describe this is that the word gospel is a noun and it's a verb. Okay, follow me for a second. It's a noun and a verb. Very fascinating word. The second word is it originally signified... The announcement of victory after battle, and later the content of the message. It also describes the birth or the rise to power of a new king. 
the gospel is important because there was a victory in the battle over humanity that Jesus took care of on the cross when he died, defeated death, and he rose again and left the tomb empty, took his place next to the Father. Gospel, that's good news. I'm liking it so far. You still buckled up? Okay. The verb of this word is a king worshiped by his people. That when you receive the noun of the gospel, it compels you to verb the gospel. <laughs> it's the proclamation of good news. See, here's the thing. The gospel is something you noun. You behold it. But it's something you verb. And if you don't verb that noun, you aren't really working and partnering with the fullness of the gospel. I, I received it. I nouned it. I just am not going to verb it. You got to verb that noun. Turn to someone and say, say, you better verb that noun. You better verb the heck out of that noun. You can say heck in church. So here's, real simply, real plainly, here's the gospel. I'm going to tell you. There is a God who exists, who is, who was, and will always be outside of existence. He created all things that exist. And he created you and I to be in an intimate relationship with him, to love him and for him to love us. And humanity made the decision to show more worth, affection, and attention to itself than showing worth to him and missed the mark of the relationship. Missed the mark means sin. God is so good that he set into motion, a plan that through the lineage of a little nation called Israel he was going to send his only son to pay the final price for us missing the mark so that we could be joined in a restored and reconciled intimate relationship with him. And when Jesus was done, he took his place with his father. And there is a day, because I've read the end of the book, there's a day he's going to return. And heaven is real. And hell is real. And there will be a final judgment. And you and I are going to end up somewhere. But Jesus is going to finish this fight. Is that clear? That is my version of the gospel. It's actually not difficult. 
Did you notice I didn't get into, well, in Romans 8? <laughs> right? Start making up books and verses because you want to sound. I love that you can see evidence of the gospel pro- proclamation starting all the way in the book of Genesis, all through scripture. It's a story of God's redemption plan with his son Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. Beautiful, beautiful story. This is what we need to know about the gospel. You and I will never outgrow the need for the gospel. You won't say yes to Jesus and then never need that gospel again. It's, it, it, it's something that God has us. And so in Philippians, he's got, he got us in this process of working this out in our lives. That's why it says, God who began a good work within you, the gospel, will continue his work, his gospel work, until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. The end. And we will spend an eternity Here's the focus. It's not about spending an eternity in heaven or hell. It's about spending an eternity in the presence of a God who created you and your original design to be in close, intimate, personal presence, contact with him. It's not as much as the gospel saves us from something as it saves us back into something. So we always need to hear the gospel. Behold the gospel. Share the gospel so someone else can what? Hear the gospel. Behold the gospel and share the gospel. And I want to tell you that probably one of the easiest ways for you to begin the process of sharing this story is by sharing your personal story. So number two, how does your story relate to the gospel? Now, again, I want, I want to make some, some things really clear. It's important that we, we make some clear dis- distinctions here. Your personal story is basically the newsreel of your life. It's the newsreel of your life. It's not all the details. Well, in first grade, you know, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Yes, that is a story, but that's like a long novel that, you know. So, Here's what we know about this blind man. In verse 8, his neighbors and others who knew him as, okay, number one, he had neighbors. He had a community. He was known. That's what we know so far. He was known as a blind beggar, so he was blind. He was begging. They asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? There's the guy's story. He was born blind in a community. A bunch of people knew him, but he sat and he begged. Very simply, that's the man's story. It's the newsreel. The blind man's story was known in the community. Everyone has a story. Every one of us. Every one of us has experienced highs and lows and successes and failures, love and loss, 
life and death. You have a story. I have a story. Now, your story impacted by the gospel is your testimony. I'm making some clear distinctions here because your, your story sometimes is not a testimony. Let me tell you how. I could tell you the story of my life real quickly. Here I was. I was 26 years old, married, had a kid. Wife is pregnant with our second. Our second is Kehal, who leads worship now. So this was a long time ago. I'm old. And I was broken. I was a mess. I was addicted to substances. We had marriage issues. There was a lot of really tough stuff going on. And then, like, my life got better. And I just... I, made, I, I just made some changes. That's my story. But who's the hero in that story? No, I never once mentioned Jesus. I just told you my story. Listen, it is important that you know my story. But I want you to know that I am not the hero in that story. This is humanity's problem. Humanity wants to be the hero. And I just want you to know, FYI, we tried that. It failed. So I need another hero. So when I tell my story, plus how the gospel impacted it, I bring Jesus into the story. Now Jesus is the hero. My story and your story, plus the impact of the gospel in our lives, equals a testimony. Now, your personal testimony, real simply, I'm going to give a definition. It's a spoken or written record of any of God's activities in our lives. So guess what? I just told you about some of the activities of God in my life. Some of the things surrounding my story. I didn't tell you the whole story. So I love sharing my story because I'm able to take out, if, I, if you're dealing with anxiety, I can go, oh, and I can take out of my story a moment when I was dealing with anxiety and depression and I can say, let me tell you my story. And really, what I'm doing is I'm telling you my testimony. Why? Because I'm going to tell you what it was like to be so anxious that I was having panic attacks standing on this platform. And I was struggling with this. I loved God, but I was, I was de dealing with some deep, deep stuff. But God. <laughs> Uh-oh, we just flipped from a story to a testimony. So there's some real basic keys that you can, you can share your story. So here's what you want to ask yourself. Keep your personal testimony simple and plain by sharing. If you're a note taker, which I think you should be, if you're not sharing your story and you're not sharing the gospel every day, you should, you should be taking notes. Um, <laughs> keep your personal testimony simple and plain by sharing. Hey, where was I? Where were you? I was 27 years old. Married to one child. I was a business owner. I thought I was going to be the next, you know, Elon Musk. Delusional. What was going on? I had substance problems. I had anger issues, marriage problems. What did I feel like? I felt alone, broken, hopeless, depressed, full of anxiety. What's changed? Now I have community. I have hope. I'm joyful. My marriage is amazing. I have a wonderful family. 
And what does your life feel like now? I can't imagine my life without Jesus. I was just having this conversation the other day with somebody. I said, man, I cannot imagine my life without Jesus. That's my testimony. See how simple that is? We think like, oh my gosh, what do I, I have to be a poet and a you know, Nobel Peace Prize winner. And No, nah, just tell your story. It's so simple. Your testimony relates to the gospel in a way needing to be told. Why? Because you are unique. Your story and my story probably have some similarities, but they're not 100% the same. Somebody needs to hear your voice and someone needs to hear about your hopelessness turning into hope because of this guy, Jesus. In verse eight, after his friends and community are asking if this is the guy, in verse 10, they ask him who healed him. And what does he say? The man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of wash. He tells him his testimony. Maybe your blindness looks different from someone else, but it's important. And it's important in the grand narrative. You're carrying a testimony that you may not be sharing, though, because you probably have some key object- objections. Lastly, what is your objection? Now, in my experience, here's usually what the objections are to sharing your faith journey with other people. Now, before I tell you these, I want to tell you something. I am presenting to you that you should share your story, not sell your story. What do I mean? Sometimes in our brain, we think our job is to get people saved. To make the sale. And what happens inadvertently at times is that the people that we're loving understand that we're loving with the condition that they buy the product we're selling. I am not selling anything. I don't need to sell you anything. I need to share with you how the Holy Spirit has empowered my story to be a testimony. And I have faith that it's so rich, it's so good that you're gonna say, I want some of that. But it's not my job to create that hunger in you. My job is to share, not sell. Okay? One of the first things that pops into my brain is I go, uh, I don't know enough. My, my knowledge isn't, isn't great enough. I don't know enough. Uh, and the second thing that pops in my brain, I haven't been a follower of Jesus long enough. Man, I just like last week, I went to this little church and I said yes to Jesus and I feel like these things are changing, but I feel like I need to go to school. <laughs> How about my life isn't perfect enough? I don't have it all together. How about I'm just flat out afraid of what people will say? 
This is real. This is what I love about the man who was blind. He didn't wait to know everything. He didn't wait to follow Jesus long enough. He didn't wait until every other area of his life was perfect. And he didn't succumb to the fear of what other people would say like his parents did. The man, the man simply remembered where he was, what Jesus did, and where he is now. Listen, he goes through all this questioning. You're thinking, what would I say to someone? Pat, I get it, but what would I, I care, but what would I say? How would I share? I don't even know, I don't know enough. I've been following Jesus long enough, and I don't have a degree, I don't, I don't, I haven't memorized enough scripture, and man, there's other area in my life. I can see now, but I have these other limps in my life. Pat, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of society right now, of what, what's happening, and if you say anything about Jesus and cancel culture, and then there's a, and I just don't know what to say. I love the man. He just gives us this beautiful example. They ask him for the second time, and they're like, is Jesus this? You're like, I don't know all that about you. Why does God, how come Jesus, I don't know. But I know this, the man said. I was blind I was 26 years old and I was on a one-way course for death. I guarantee you I would not be alive today. And I can't, listen, I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to know all the answers. Let me debunk this. I don't know all the answers. I can't tell you why. You can ask a hundred, I sometimes, the best thing I see, I don't know, but I do know this. I was blind. I was dying. I was killing myself. I was destroying my marriage. But God. And now, now I have a heart of flesh. Now I see. Do you remember your story? Like, I think what happens sometimes is, as Christians, can I, can, can I, can I just, I'm going to speak to you if you're a follower of Jesus for a second. Sometimes we're so far removed from any of God's activity in our life, we forget the pains, the birth pains. We forget what it was like. We truly grow numb to our story, we don't remember. And I felt like the Lord was directing me this morning to say, let's all pull ourselves closer today to the gospel in our lives. There was a moment in your life that there was something going on and you were impacted by this story. Not my story, but by the story of Jesus Christ who was sent by his Father to reconcile and redeem and restore. What is your story? Some of us have checked out of Christendom. You know why? This is my opinion. I think if you're a follower of Jesus and you've checked out, it's because you forgot your story, man. 
It's like a mother stopping their love for their child. And it's like, hold on a second, you need to go back to the birth room. You need to remember what it felt like when your body was flooded with oxytocin and you're like, this is the most painful thing, but this is the best thing ever. Do you remember your story? Do you remember that birthing part? Do you remember how good it is now compared to how it was? Some of you, God is, God is still writing his story in our lives. Some of you, God is beginning to write a story in your life, but I wanna direct our attention to be aware and acknowledge what is your story here this morning? We have to know. Sometimes, like this morning, I was just spending time and thinking, like, God, thank you so much. You know, we can complain about life. Things that are trivial, and God just arrests my heart, and he's like, bro, do you remember what it was like there is someone working with you, standing next to you in a grocery store. There's someone in your family. There's someone that you work for, someone that works for you. There's a neighbor. There's a family member who needs to hear a hope-filled testimony. I don't know all the answers, but I know this. I was blind, man. And now, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, this dude, and I'm not the same guy that I used to be. This guy. And if God can do it for me, I'm gonna speak prophetically into your future and I wanna tell you he can do it for you. If God can do it for me, he can do it for you. You are not too far gone. You haven't made too many mistakes. You didn't go away to college and do those three things that you swore to yourself you would never do. You didn't trip up in your marriage. You did, there's nothing. He can do it for you. Join me this morning in standing. We know the gospel. We know our story. And we've acknowledged the objections. Now let me tell you, it's time to go live. Next week, you're not gonna wanna miss it. We're gonna be talking about some core elements, fundamental things about who God is so that as you start to share your story and then you get to the point, because by the way, you can share your testimony, but that doesn't mean you've shared the gospel yet. Your testimony is not the gospel. We wanna equip you to have a firm understanding because when you know the traits and the, and the nature and the character of God, you're like, yeah, this is who God is. So much goodness in that. But this week, we need to go live. So here's my challenge for us, okay? 
You can do anything how many times? <laughs> Come on. I was telling myself this week, I'm suffering. I'm just doing some training and I'm like, I can do anything one time. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta say it with, with like a cry, okay? That means it's working. <laughs> so write out your story, simple and plain, okay? Not, I was born in Mobile, Alabama in 1972. No, no, no. Simple and plain. I gave you an example. Simple, write out your story. Okay, write it out. And how the gospel impacted it, where it was, but God, this is where I'm at now. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to share it with someone who's close to you. Share it. Say, hey, I've been thinking a lot of, literally steal this language. You're in conversation with people and you're starting to have this, hey, you know, I've just really been thinking this week about just how much my life has changed. And just tell them, bro, I was a mess. And this is what was going on. But God, and I just want to tell you, my life is so much better now. I think it's so important that I share that with you. One person, one time. It's time to go live though, amen? Let's close our eyes. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask for you to come and I want you to come power with peace right now in this room. If you feel comfortable doing so, I want you to open up your hands like you're receiving something. Father, I pray right now for a fresh breath of the gospel right now to blow through this room, to impact the hearts of every single person hearing this on our online campus or physically with us. That if this morning you have never acknowledged the impact of the gospel in your life, this morning you say, hey, I, I wanna make an acknowledgement. I wanna say yes to this story of Jesus' impact in my life. This is like the fundamental, this, this is what we're for. This is what church should be doing, is preaching and teaching this message that, that beyond all other things, we need most, we need the gospel of Jesus Christ in our life. If that's you this morning, do me a favor and raise your hand. Like, I need the gospel of Jesus Christ in my life this morning. Don't be, don't be ashamed. Like, this is an amazing moment. Raise your hand so I can see it. Amen, 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 amen. Now here's the deal. I'm gonna challenge you because we need to break some things that's really common in culture, and especially American culture and church. One of the biggest things I can challenge you with is, is if you just raised your hand before you walk out of this room, I want you to come forward and talk to, I'm gonna make this easy for you. This is your one for the week. <laughs> I want you to talk to one of our ministry team members and simply say, this is where I was, but God, and this is where I'm standing now. And they wanna pray with you, why? Because our goal is your growth. And you cannot do this alone, this is important. So I'm gonna challenge you for the rest of us. I'm assuming if you didn't raise your hand here that you're like, I am a devoted apprentice underneath Jesus. 
okay? For the rest of you, I want to embolden you and encourage you that you have an amazing, unique story that fits into the narrative of Jesus' testimony that someone needs to hear. And I, I would say, Holy Spirit, give us the unction. Give us the courage and the strength to say what needs to be said. Keep it simple, keep it plain, get to the point. But let your story, let your testimony be known. Go live. Because if we're living, we need to go live. I am no longer dead. I'm no longer the guy I used to be. I am new. I have been changed. And I want to tell every exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Like it's so good. I got to tell somebody. It's so good. I got to preach right now in the middle of the Chipotle. I'm like, I'm like, hey, while you're making that burrito, can I tell you a story? Can I tell you something? Can I tell you? Can I tell you? The guy's going to be like, bro, just tell me. Man, I was an addict. <laughs> you watch what happens. But we're going to go live. Amen? Join us next week. You're not going to want to miss week two. Go in power and peace. Amen.